Chip's got Altoids. Chip's got a Bible. I have a Bible. You have a Bible there at home. And so uh, with all of these things in mind, we're going to read today. Eric, today is day 202. 202. 202. We're in the book of Hosea. We're going to do chapters 8 through 14. We're going to finish the book of Hosea today. I love that. Yeah, we're just moving and grooving. Yeah. Good stuff. It's good stuff. Do you so, like reading the Bible, Eric? I do like reading the Bible. I feel bad for the prophets. I always feel bad for them. They kind of can be so hard to be a prophet. Well, we you got, got our prophets. Yeah, the New but Testament not the sense. yeah, not the walking around naked, marrying prostitute kind, though. No. So that's kind of nice. Grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we are in Hosea, and yeah, halfway through. So let's just jump in. Jump in. Let's get it done. Woo. Hosea chapter eight. Israel harvests the whirlwind. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you guys can hear this, but Micah just yelled bye. Okay. So. All right. Bye. Bye, Micah. Bye. Okay, go ahead, Eric. All right. Get after it. Israel harvests the whirlwind. Hosea chapter 8. Sound the alarm. Ding, 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 ding. The enemy descends like an eagle. Yeah. Oh! On the people of the Lord. Yep. For they have broken my covenant and revolted against my law. Now Israel pleads with me, help us, for you are our God. But it's too late. The people of Israel have rejected what is good, and now their enemies will chase after them. The people have appointed kings without my consent and princes without my approval. By making idols for themselves from their silver and gold, they have brought about their own destruction. O Samaria, I reject this calf, this idol you have made. My fury burns against you. How long will you be incapable of innocence? This calf you worship, O Israel, was crafted by your own hands. It is not God, therefore it must be smashed to bits. They have planted the wind and will harvest the whirlwind. The stalks of grain wither and produce nothing to eat. Even if there is any grain, foreigners will eat it. Mm -hmm. The people of Israel have been swallowed up. They lie among the nations like an old discarded pot. Like a wild donkey looking for a mate, they have gone up to Assyria. The people of Israel have sold themselves, sold themselves to many lovers. But though they have sold themselves to many allies, I will now gather them together for judgment. Then they will writhe under the burden of the great king. Israel has built many altars to take away sin, but these very altars became places for sinning. Even though I gave them all my laws, they act as if those laws don't apply to them. The people love to offer sacrifices to me, feasting on the meat, but I do not accept their sacrifices. I will hold my people accountable for their sins, and I will punish them. They will return to Egypt. Israel has forgotten its maker and built great palaces, and Judah has fortified its cities. Therefore, I will send down fire on the cities and will burn up their fortresses. Hosea announces Israel's punishment, Hosea chapter 9. O people of Israel, do not rejoice as other nations do, for you have been unfaithful to your God, hiring yourselves out like prostitutes, worshiping other gods on every threshing floor. So now your harvest will be too small to feed you. There will be no grapes for making new wine. You may no longer stay here in the Lord's land. Instead, you'll return to Egypt, and in Assyria you will eat food that is ceremonially unclean. There you will make no offerings of wine to the Lord. None of your sacrifices there will please him. They will be unclean like food touched by a person in mourning. All who present such sacrifices will be defiled. They may eat this food themselves, but they may not offer it to the Lord. What then will you do on festival days? How will you observe the Lord's festivals? Even if you escape destruction from Assyria... Egypt will conquer you, and Memphis will bury you. Nettles will take over your treasure of silver. Thistles will invade your ruined homes. The time of Israel's punishment has come. The day of payment is here. Soon Israel will know this all too well. 
because of your great sin and hostility, you say, the prophets are crazy and they, the inspired men are fools. The prophet is a watchman over Israel for my God, yet traps are laid for him wherever he goes. He faces hostility, even in the house of God. The things that my people do are as depraved as what they did in Gibeah long ago. God will not forget. He will surely punish them for their sins. The Lord says, O Israel, when I first found you, it was like finding fresh grapes in the desert. When I saw your ancestors, it was like seeing the first ripe figs of the season. But then they deserted me for Baal Peor, giving themselves over to that shameful idol. Soon they became vile, as vile as the God they worshipped. The glory of Israel will fly away like a bird, for your children will not be born or grow in the womb or even be conceived. Even if you do have children who grow up, I will take them from you. It will be a terrible day when I turn away and leave you alone. I have watched Israel become as beautiful as Tyre, but now Israel will bring children out will bring out her children for slaughter. O Lord, what should I request for your people? I will ask for wombs that don't give birth and breasts that give no milk. The Lord said says all their wickedness began at Gilgal, and I began to hate them. I will drive them from my land because of their evil actions. I will love them no more because all their leaders are rebels. The people of Israel are struck down. Their roots are dried up, and they will bear no more fruit. Even if they give birth, I will slaughter their beloved children. My God will reject the people of Israel because they will not listen or obey. They will be wanderers, homeless among the nations. This is Hosea chapter 10, the Lord's judgment against Israel. How prosperous Israel is, a luxuriant vine loaded with fruit but the richer people get the more pagan altars they build the more bountiful their harvest the more beautiful their sacred pillars the heart of the people are fickle the hearts of the people are fickle they are guilty and must be punished the lord will break down their altars and smash their sacred pillars and then they will say we have no king because we didn't fear the lord but even if we had a king what could he do for us anyway they spout empty words and they make covenants that don't they don't intend to keep so injustice springs up among them like poisonous weeds in a farmer's field. The people of Samaria tremble in fear for their calf idol at Bethaven, and they mount and they mourn for it, though its priests rejoiced over it. Its glory will be stripped away. This idol will be carted away to Assyria, a gift to the great king there. Ephraim will be ridiculed and Israel will be shamed because its people have trusted in this idol. Samaria and its king will be cut off. They'll, be flo- they'll float away like driftwood on an ocean wave. And the pagan shrines of Avon, the place of Israel's sin, will crumble. Thorns and thistles will grow up around their altars. They will beg the mountains, bury us, and plead with the hills, fall on us. The Lord says, O Israel, ever since Gibeah, there has been only sin and more sin. You have made no progress whatsoever. Was it not right that the wicked men of Gibeah were attacked? Now, whenever it fits my plan, I will attack you too. I will call out the armies of the nations to punish you for your multiplied sins. Israel is like a trained heifer treading out the grain, an easy job she loves. But I will put a heavy yoke on her tender neck. I will force Judah to pull the plow and Israel to break up the hard ground. I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you'll harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower your righteousness upon you. But you have cultivated wickedness and and harvested a thriving crop of sins. You have eaten the fruit of lies, trusting in your military might, believing that great armies could make your nation safe. Now the terrors of war will rise among your people. All your fortifications will fall, just as Shalman destroyed Beth Arbel. 
Even mothers and children were dashed to death there. You will share that fate, Bethel, because of your great wickedness. When the day of judgment dawns, the king of Israel will be completely destroyed. Hosea chapter 11, the Lord's love for Israel. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and I called my son out of Egypt. But the more I called to him, the farther he moved from me, offering sacrifices to the images of Baal and burning incense to idols. I myself taught Israel how to walk, leading him along by the hand. But he doesn't know or even care that it was I who took care of him. I led Israel along with my ropes of kindness and love. I lifted the yoke from his neck, and I myself stooped to feed him. But since my people refuse to return to me, they will return to Egypt and be forced to serve Assyria. War will swirl through their cities, and their enemies will crash through their gates. They will destroy them, trapping them in their own evil plans. For my people have determined to desert me. They call me the Most High, but they don't truly honor me. Oh, how can I give up, Israel? How can I let you go? How can I destroy you like Adma or demolish you like Zeboyim? My heart is torn within me and my compassion overflows. No, I will not unleash my fierce anger. I will not completely destroy Israel, for I am God and not a mere mortal. I am the Holy One living among you, and I will not come to destroy. For some day the people will follow me. I, the Lord, will roar like a lion, and when I roar, my people will return trembling from the west. Like a flock of birds, they will come from Egypt, trembling like doves. They will return from Assyria, and I will bring them home again, says the Lord. Charges against Israel and Judah. Israel surrounds me with lies and deceit, but Judah still obeys God and is faithful to the Holy One. Hosea chapter 12. The people of Israel feed on the wind. They chase after the east wind all day long. They pile up lies and violence. They're making an alliance with Assyria while sending olive oil to buy support from Egypt. Now the Lord is bringing charges against Judah. He is about to punish Jacob for all his deceitful ways and pay him back for all he has done. Even in the womb, Jacob struggled with his brother. When he became a man, he even fought with God. Yes, he wrestled with the angel and won. He wept and pleaded for a blessing from him. There at Bethel, he met God face to face, and God spoke to him. The Lord of heaven's armies, the Lord is his name. So now come back to your God. Act with love and justice and always depend on him. But no, the people are like crafty merchants selling from dishonest scales. They love to cheat. Israel boasts, I'm rich. I've made a fortune all by myself. No one has caught me cheating. My record is spotless. But I am the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in Egypt, and I will make you live in tents again, and you do each year, as you do each year at the festival of shelters. I sent my prophets to warn you with many visions and parables. But the people of Gilead are worthless because of their idol worship. And in Gilgal, too, they sacrificed bulls. Their altars are lined up like the heaps of a stone along the edges of a plowed field. Jacob fled to the land of Aram, and there he earned a wife by tending sheep. Then, by a prophet, the Lord brought Jacob's descendants out of Egypt, and by that prophet they were protected. But the people of Israel have bitterly provoked the Lord. So their Lord will now sentence them to death in payment for their sins. Hosea 13, the Lord's anger against Israel. When the tribe of Ephraim spoke, the people shook with fear, for that tribe was important in Israel. But the people of Ephraim sinned by worshiping Baal, and thus sealed their destruction. Now they continue to sin by making silver idols, images shaped skillfully with human hands. Sacrifice to these, they cry, and kiss the calf idols. Therefore they will disappear like the morning mist, like dew in the morning sun, like chaff blown by the wind, like smoke from a chimney. I have been the Lord your God ever since I brought you out of Egypt. You must acknowledge no God but me, for there is no other Savior. 
I took care of you in the wilderness, in that dry and thirsty land. But when you had eaten and were satisfied, you became proud and forgot me. So now I'll attack you like a lion, like a leopard that lurks along the road, like a bear whose cubs have been taken away. I will tear out your heart. I will devour you like a hungry lioness and mangle you like a wild animal. You are about to be destroyed, O Israel. Yes, by me, your only helper. Now where is your king? Let him save you. Where are all the leaders of the land, the kings and the officials you demanded of me? In my anger, I gave you kings, and in my fury, I took them away. Ephraim's guilt has been collected, and his sin has been stored up for punishment. Pain has come to the people like the pain of childbirth, but they are like a child who resists being born. The moment of birth has arrived, but they stay in the womb. Should I ransom them from the grave? Should I redeem them from death? O death, bring on your terrors. O grave, bring on your plagues. For I will not take pity on them. Ephraim was the most fruitful of all his brothers. But the east wind, a blast from the Lord, will arise in the desert. All their flowing springs will run dry, and all their wells will disappear. Every precious thing they owned will be plundered and carried away. The people of Samaria must bear the consequences of their guilt because they rebelled against their God. They will be killed by an invading army, their little ones dashed to death against the ground, their pregnant women ripped open by swords. Hosea chapter 14, healing for the repentant. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for your sins have brought you down. Bring your confessions and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all of our sins and graciously receive us, so that we may offer you our praises. Assyria cannot save us, nor can our war horses. Never again will we say to the idols we have made, you are our gods. No, and you alone do the orphans find mercy. The Lord says, then I will heal you of your faithlessness. My love will know no bounds, for my anger will be gone forever. I will be to Israel like a refreshing dew from heaven. Israel will blossom like the lily. It will send roots deep into the soil like the cedars of Lebanon. Its branches will spread out like beautiful olive trees, as fragrant as, fragrant as the cedars of Lebanon. My people will again live under my shade. They will flourish like grain and blossom like grapevines. They will be as fragrant as, fragrant as the wines of Lebanon. O Israel, stay away from idols. I am the one who answers your prayers and cares for you. I am like a tree that is always green. All your fruit comes from me. Let those who are wise understand these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true and right, and righteous people live by walking in them. But in those paths, sinners stumble and fall. Okay. There you go. That is our reading. We finished Hosea. Yeah, we did it. Good Good job. job. Way to go. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. You got so it. here we're answering two questions. First question is, so what? The second so question what? is, where's Jesus? So what does this mean to me? So, Chip, yeah. what do we do with this, man? Okay. Well, I like the ending there. Yeah, those are wise, that's a great so what. Understand huh? these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. The, path of the, Lord, the paths of the Lord are true and right, and righteous people live by walking in them. But... In those paths, enter, stumble, and fall. So what I marked earlier in our reading took place in Hosea 9, 15. The Lord says, all their wickedness began at Gilgal. Uh-huh. There I began to hate them. So um, wickedness had a beginning. And, um, and if we don't deal with it, um, then it's just going to take over. And yeah. so I think that the thought I had with this is that, you know, um, it does have a beginning, but sometimes we don't realize it has begun. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, sometimes I know people, and I'll throw my. Uh, we always have to throw ourselves there, right? For sure, 100%. In, in there is that we'll we'll go up to that line of of sin, 
and, and as a believer, I'm grateful that all my sin has been paid for. And so I, I will miss out on rewards if I don't deal with my sin as a believer in Jesus. And I can miss out on the abundant life today right. and just really mess things up for God or for, for others and God. I mean, he, can, he fixes all that. He does what he wants to do. But sure. um, I can really miss out. And so, uh, but many times we'll go up to the line and when things seem to be okay with that, we kind of get away with that. You know what? Sometimes we just go over the line and mm-hmm. we just go over and we just keep going down this path that's not good, but it doesn't feel bad. It actually feels right. And no one's saying anything. And I don't feel guilty or shame. And, and I think that's what was happening, you know, with God's people. And he's like saying, yeah, your wickedness began at Gilgal, you know, and right. th- th- that's where it started. And there was a starting point and, and you might've, you know, not recognized it. And, but now you're deep in this and, and there's going to be punishment and I don't like it and you're going to pay for it. But at the end, I'm faithful. And if you're wise and understanding and you have discernment, you realize there's the line. I'm not going to cross the line. Why? Because God loves me. He cares for me. He knows what's best for me. Yeah. And I love him. So my love for him, like Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. My love for him depends on what I do with the line. And so I got to realize that every day I have a choice. Every moment I have a choice if I'm going to cross that line and it begins somewhere. So that means we got to stay alert. So that's the, that's the takeaway today is that there is a line. Stay alert. Be aware of the line. You're aware of it when you're in God's word, led by the spirit, full of the spirit, and you're sensitive to the spirit. And then stay away from it. And then we can fulfill the end of Hosea. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. We're wise. We have understanding. We have discernment. And then we experience the true path of the Lord. And now we're righteous people and we're walking by that, by his standards. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's the so what today. I love that. I love that. Well, where's Jesus? Not not related. Sorry. Um, But, I mean, he's, there's a lot of places, right? There's a lot of places. Okay. That, that he's found. But one of the most interesting one to me from like a Bible scholarship sort of nerdy place is Hosea 11.1. 1. When Israel was a child, I loved him and I called my son out of Egypt. And to, the, to Hosea, maybe this meant something more. To the people who heard it, it probably didn't mean anything about the Messiah. And when we read it, I mean, you can very easily, if you don't have like a solid grasp of the New Testament, you can actually miss that this is about Jesus. Um, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, uh, there was basically a decree that went out from Herod to kill all the babies under two yeah. years old yeah. um, because he wanted he, he heard from the, the wise men that there's going to be a king, right? So he's like, kill them all. Uh, and so Mary and Joseph and Jesus escaped to Egypt. And then we read in Matthew 2, uh, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. And it's such an interesting thing because you don't read that when you read this, it doesn't seem like it's about the Messiah at all. Yeah. Some of, you know, Isaiah stuff, you know, some of the stuff we've read in Isaiah is very like he, the government will rest on his shoulders. He'll be called that. you like, I mean, it's very distinct. This doesn't seem like that. And so uh, the interesting thing, so that's Jesus. First of all, there's Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but the second thing is, um, the New Testament authors had a very interesting way of interpreting Old Testament scriptures. Like this is a very, to read that as a prophecy about Jesus is a very interesting thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And the New Testament authors inspired by the Holy Spirit 
had every right to do that. We don't. So I want to be really careful that just because something in the Old Testament makes you think of Jesus, which it should, it should all make you think of Jesus, yeah. um, doesn't mean that you can necessarily directly apply it to the Christian life the way that the New Testament authors did. So yeah. that's it. That's where Jesus is. And then that's a little bit of hermeneutics, a little bit of Bible interpretation that's a, yeah, for you. That's so good caution, too. That's yep. very good. Yep. Yeah, good stuff. So there huh. you go. Stick to what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't make stuff up to make it fit. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you for being uh, the best listening audience in the entire world. Yeah, we are yeah. so proud of you. This is exciting. Yeah. And we're just going to keep going at it. Yes, we are. So and we'll read to you tomorrow. Yep. Bye, guys.